Welcome to the Alpha Female Podcast with me, your host, Robin Baldwin. This show is to inspire you to embrace living like an alpha female. But what is an alpha female? An alpha female is a powerful and assertive woman. Her confidence is due to being an intelligent and intellectual problem solver. She chooses ambition and is proud of it, but strives for a happy and healthy work-life harmony. An alpha female puts herself first, sticks to her priorities, but nurtures relationships with all the people in her life. So let's get started. Dear Multiple Sclerosis, what are you here to teach me? Are you simply here to teach me how I can take better care of myself? This episode is sponsored by my Thriving with MS Guide. Have you been diagnosed with MS or an autoimmune illness or have health pain points in your life that you'd like to solve before a diagnosis? I've put together a two-page guide on five areas of health that I proactively tackled after my diagnosis and have helped me maintain energy, a fitness routine, and optimal health. These include nutrition, supplementation, stress, sleep, and removal of toxins. You can download this now for free at bit.ly forward slash thriving with MS. That's bit.ly thriving with MS. You are listening to the Alpha Female Podcast, episode 125. All links and show notes can be found at robinbaldwin.com forward slash podcast. Today on the show, we're talking to Jessie Lynn McDonald. Jessie Lynn is a mental health and well-being consultant, educator, and facilitator. She helps her clients uncover and embrace their potential for living a life well-lived, both personally and professionally. She works with individuals who are hiding behind a mask of fear, self-judgment, or doubt, feeling stuck, overwhelmed, or in search for more out of themselves, their relationships, or just their lives. Through workshops, webinars, and one-to-one coaching, either online or in person, Jessie Lynn guides students, teachers, parents, individuals, and business leaders how to access and be inspired by their own well-being and wisdom. She has a passion for helping children and youth uncover their innate resilience and well-being, And she's currently working on a special project, BU, soon to be released. And BU is a multidimensional project to empower and inspire women and children to understand and embrace the root cause of their mental health and well-being. I absolutely loved chatting with her. I feel like I just got like a personal consulting session, mentoring session, therapy session. So Jesse Lynn and I just met, we went to um, a womanhood networking event here in Ottawa and it was super cool because there was only six women around the table, which means we actually got to chat and really, really genuinely connect with each other. And there was this light in her eyes that I absolutely was attracted to and we went out for lunch and I had to have her on the show. So you are now getting the benefits of our, of our in-person connection. Um, so I hope you guys enjoy it. Let's get into the chat. Welcome, Jesse Lynn, to the show. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here. I'm so excited to have you on. You're a fellow Ottawa resident, and we connected recently, and I knew I had to get you on. So when I sent over the definition of what an alpha female has become, according to my podcast guests and audience, what did you think of it? And how do you see yourself as one? Interesting question, because I tend to steer away from definitions and labels. And that's in the work that I do on kind of mindset. It's to kind of not attach yourself to a label and just give yourself permission to be whatever it is in the moment. So 
I love a lot of the things that like that your definition says about being powerful and assertive and, you know, you know, the confidence state of mind to me is everything, but really truly understanding the power of thought is a game changer. So I love that if the definition makes people feel good, that's great for me. I just, I just embrace all of it. So do you find in the work that you do that definitions just like it puts people in boxes and then you feel like you can't get out of the box. Like what if one day I don't want to be an alpha female and I want to be a beta female? Um, <laughs> I, I love, I just had a guest. Um, her episode was Andrea Nordling. And she said, I reserve the right to change my mind. Right. Because basically this definition is made up. So to me, it's like, um, like if people really understand that, that a lot of these labels are made up and like, for me, I always used to think of myself as being very shy and, but that kind of creates this comfort box around me to say, oh, I'm shy, you know, and rather just, you know, it might be in the moment that I'm in, I'm feeling kind of awkward and uncomfortable thoughts, but that doesn't mean I'm shy. It just means that in that moment, I'm just not comfortable like be at a social setting, but there's other situations where I'm comfortable. So I just, I've, I've gotten to the stage where labels are, they're okay for, you know, for what they are. But for me, I, I like people to embrace the possibility that they can be it all. Yeah, that's cool. So then I will, I won't ask you how you're an alpha female, um, but I will ask you, how are you are a powerful and assertive woman? You know, there's so many times I feel like I'm not. And then there are times that when I, when I am, for me, it's really come in the, in the past few years where I'm totally comfortable in my own skin and I'm totally comfortable being me um, and showing up as me. And I work with a lot of people on this where, you know, like people have this kind of imposter syndrome where they have masks on. And I used to do this very much in the corporate world. It was you know, showing everybody else that I was capable and I could show up 24 seven and, and I could do everything for everybody. And sometimes I couldn't. And there was, there was a cost to that. There was a personal cost. Now I'm just really, really content being me. And, you know, some days that's a hot mess and some days it's an absolute joy. And I just, I'm, you know, dancing on, on the clouds. That's cool. I, um, I had a guest that talked about how one of the self-development books that she just read is the Lewis Howe's mask of masculinity. And as you started talking, I was like, Ooh, we could totally write a book about the masks of alpha femininity, (laughs) but it's true that like, and you know, the definition is already really long. I can't read a longer definition in the, the intro of a podcast, but it, we're constantly evolving. We're constantly changing. Um, and I love that my guests have kind of helped guide me in a way that these things don't put us on a, in a box. It just gives us really beautiful guidelines for how to lifestyle design, um, uh, a life and a career, uh, and side hustles that we love. So, um, uh, so you mentioned that you were in the corporate world and you now work for yourself. So what was that shift like and how did you start creating different work-life harmony for yourself? It was tough at first. So right now I love, love, love my life because 
you know, I, I create what my day looks like and I chunk my day because I'm a single parent of an eight year old. So I love having breakfast with him. I love walking him to school. I love picking him up from school. So I chunk my day that when he's in school, I work. And then when he's not in school, I'm making him dinner. We're doing homework. We're doing activities, whatever. And I also take care of my mom. So, and then, then I work (laughs) in the evening and I'm completely okay with that. And then I've also in that harmony is permission to pivot because sometimes my day doesn't look like that. Like Monday was the ice, (laughs) the ice, the crazy ice weather. And I had to shift things around. Appointments were late. You know, um, my mom had an appointment at the hospital. I had clients who couldn't make it. Just being okay with that. So harmony for me now is that I'm really blessed in that I get to be very present with my son and also be very present with my business. And I also, like, I work a lot online. So my clients are all over the world as well. So, you know, sometimes doing a a coaching call at 11 o'clock at night, you know, (laughs) is completely different time zone somewhere else. So it works great. That's awesome. And I love that based on just describing how you schedule your days, you can see what your priorities are in life. And that's why I built that into the definition is because when people say like, you know, I feel uh, guilty about doing this or guilty about doing this. It's like, well, why, if that's a priority for you, like don't feel guilty about wanting to work for several hours a day. Like if work lights you up, cool. But if you're feeling drawn to spending more time with your family, then you know, your heart is leading you to prioritize your family. Um, and you just have to set those parameters for yourself that you are in love with and are comfortable with. Um, and so I love that I hear that in your voice. Yeah. I call it beautiful boundaries. Yeah. So share with us a time when you didn't know how to set beautiful boundaries and things maybe felt out of whack. Did you have like a certain aha moment, uh, that said like, you were just like, Nope, I need to do better for myself. Or, um, was it a series of aha moments? It was definitely a series because before I had Finley, I was, you know, very focused on moving up and, what was more important for me was how other people saw me versus how I actually felt. And I I wasn't paying attention to that inner voice and that the inner GPS that we have to tell us that we're way off. Um, so, you know, I would work, I would be answering, we had blackberries like pings and stuff, you know, emails. It didn't matter what the time, if, if, you know, if somebody higher up had sent me an email at 1130 at night asking me a question, I would make sure then to take the time to answer it, do the research, whatever. And I just didn't have respect for my own self as a person in that or any focus on that. And then after I had Finley, um, it was hard. I felt like my whole life was rushed. I was rushing to get him to daycare by seven, rushing to get downtown, rushing through my day, rushing to make sure I pick him up from childcare at the time, then rushing to get dinner, rushing to have quality time, which is a joke. And the major aha moment for me, like I, I generally, more and more this, uh, there was an unease inside me. But one day in the wintertime, Finley was training, like potty training. And, you know, like our winters here, I had, you know, him fully done up with his snow pants and his jacket. And we just got out to the car and he said, mommy, I have to pee. 
And I remember telling him like, no, you have to hold it. We have to get to daycare because I have to get to work, you know, <laughs> like the most ridiculous and poor thing. Like I just, so I got into daycare and I'm on my way downtown and I'm thinking, what the heck? Like, really? <laughs> like, what did I just do? Yeah. I felt like crap through the whole day. And I just realized like, I was just, I, I was to the point of exhaustion and I didn't exist in this whole rushing scheme because, you know, after I got home and got him to bed, I was still working at night and, and, but in a, in a different way and it was exhausting, but that was my aha moment. That was my note. This, this can't work like this anymore. Something has to change. I love that. Uh, every single mom in my life always says to me that like their kids are their greatest teachers. And I just love echoing that sentiment over and over again, because, um, it is beautiful how parents do let their children guide them towards, um, even better self-care for themselves, not just for the, for the family. Kids are smart. Like I love working with kids. They do. They teach you. They have a wisdom. They're tapped into their inner wisdom so much more than we are because we try to like analyze our way out of it, but they don't. Mm -hmm. So we shared in your bio that, you know, you have a passion for, um, I don't want to say like uh, coach, I guess it is like coaching, helping children and youth uncover their, their resilience and well-being. So if I asked you, if you're like, what are you most passionate about? Is that one of the first things that would come out of your mouth? Yeah. Because really like embracing who you are again, it's kind of showing up with no mask, no, you know, or, or, or not feeling the need to have that. And I think that really kids like, you know, I was, I was, I've been working with a young girl lately who, um, social media is for a lot of teens and, and even younger. Um, it's their kind of their metric on, on acceptance and social behavior and norms. And she was miserable. Like there were some really harsh things happening around her, her use of this. And I, so I said to her, like, why are you still doing it? Why are you engaging if it's making you feel so bad? And she does it because everybody else is. And like drawing out with other people and with kids, like it's okay just being who you are, you know, and, and helping people just embrace that rather than kind of walk away from it or look for, you know, I'll, I'll be happy when this, or like looking for external solutions to an inner an inner calling. Yeah. I can't, I say it on the podcast a couple of times that like, I cannot imagine growing up in today's digital age. I don't know how I would, I actually don't know how I would handle it because I was bullied in middle school. Um, and that just pales in comparison to what kids have to go through now. And I remember chatting with, um, one of my friend's sons who was in high school and uh he explained to me that like if he doesn't get a certain number of likes on Instagram he takes the picture down because he had um I think two pictures on his Instagram page and I was like are you kidding me I can't even I I don't even know where my first picture is like that's a lot of scrolling and that's what they do and this is the thing is what they're doing is they're looking outside for validation and so what I'm pointing them to is validation comes from inside because if they're looking for it outside, they'll start to look for it, whether it be with like different behaviors, it could be engaging in like, you know, drinking uh, drugs, um, you know, promiscuous behavior. 
but they're looking for the validation without. And they've actually done studies where they've shown in the brain with, with, with younger kids that there's a, there's a change in, in, in the brain pattern. Um, the, the number of likes that they're using like on social media, they're using that in the same way to, to kind of, um, to, to comfort themselves in the same way as they would a chocolate bar. Like they're getting the same, like it's so bizarre to right, me. Right. Cause but, it's that dopamine hit that we, yeah. that we all get. And you know, I don't think we've talked about it on the podcast, but like I turned off notifications on my phone cause I was getting those dopamine hits and like addicted to looking at my phone screen. Now I, like I still go into the apps, but I, I put parameters around that and I thankfully have self-awareness and self-love and self-confidence. Um, and like my marketing brain goes, Oh, that only got four likes. Um, but I know they're paying attention. It's just not something they double tap to. They double tap when they see my face, they just don't double tap on quote pics. Okay. But I know they're paying attention cause they're still there. So like my marketing brain turns on instead of my, Oh gosh, nobody loves me brain. Yeah. It's really, really. And like, and, and this is something where it's such an important conversation to have with kids, but, and even younger kids, like I went into a classroom and kids were in grade three and three of them had phones. And I was just like, Oh my God, <laughs> you know, <laughs> wow. But, and so that's one of the things it's just like, to me, it blows my mind and it makes me really, really sad. And I, I, what shocked me last year is I did a workshop for um, kids whose families were going through like separation or divorce. Um, and through that, a lot of parents were contacting me. I was working with kids as like six years old with anxiety, you know, what they were bringing in as anxiety issues. And I was like, wow, six years old, like you'd be watching the backyard again and, you know, running outside playing. Yeah. I, um, Mike and I want to start a family after we get married this year. And we've started talking just like different parenting questions. And I asked him, I was like, what, what are we going to do about the whole social media thing? Like at what age, there's not even a baby in my belly. And I'm like, at what age are we going to give them a phone? And he's, he said, he's like, I have a flip phone downstairs that is going to be their first phone. I was like, yes. Okay. Is that like that? That's the emergency phone that if they need us that you, yeah, like I love that he has like very kind of old school mindset about some things. And I'm just like, we're going to be those parents. Like we're going to, we're going to be the not cool parents. I'm okay with that. <laughs> yeah. And that's the thing is that really, and that's another thing I love the conversations I have with kids is to say, just because everybody else is doing it, like this, this young girl that I was talking about, like, if it's making you feel bad, <laughs> I don't care who's doing it. I don't care if the queen is doing it. Just don't do it. Like it's your, your wisdom will tell you what's a right decision and a wrong decision. But again, like with kids, like, and who, who knows what it's going to like when I think of Finley growing up, I think, Oh my God, like, what is it going to be like? Mm. But it's that problem solving, I guess, mindset that you, you do have to develop and, you have to be faced with decisions. You have to make the wrong decision to know when to make the right decision for yourself. And, um, I think, you know, we try to protect everyone from, you know, our, the kids in the world to people listening to the podcast. And I, I have kind of owned up to the fact that we do need to make the mistake so that we learn the lesson we're supposed to supposed to learn. And although we, you know, there's so much self-development and self-help out there f and trying to share the wisdom so that you don't make the same mistake. 
Um, but it's very, it's, I've also come to terms with the fact that, um, we are on our own paths and sometimes we're going to have to experience something to, to learn that lesson. And that's the flow of life. Like that's the beautiful thing about life. Like the pendulum has to swing both ways in order to keep swinging. Right. So true. Yeah. And so, I mean, you're going to have your downs, but you're never really going to know that an up is an up unless you've had a down. Right. Yeah. Like mistakes are, are like, I totally mistakes. Give yourself permission just to embrace a mistake and just be like, I do it all the time with Finley. And, you know, I go into like when I'm talking to kids and I tell them about, I call them my parenting fails and they love it. They're like, Oh my God, I can't believe you're admitting this. And I'm like, yeah. Yeah. You told me one over when we had lunch and I was like, that is so cool that you admitted to your son that you made a mistake. Like that is just a beautiful relationship. Well, because you also want to cultivate that in them to know that, you know what, they can mess up and they're going to mess up. And so what do you do about that? And that's actually, it's a workshop I'm working on for, for teenagers. It's one of these things where you're going to make decisions and some of them are going to be right and some of them are not. And you're not going to know it in some cases until you're in in the moment. But teaching them that, you know, okay, yeah, I messed up. or And, and so what do you do about that part? And so, you know, it's a good thing to learn, but it's also very humbling to stand in that spot yourself. Oh, it totally is. I have a small example. It's not a large grand scale one, but I lied to Mike the other day about... <laughs> about um so there's mouse traps in our basement that have mice on them and I lied to him that the dog picked one up and was carrying it around in in her mouth so that he would throw them out because <laughs> I don't want to throw them out and he went down and he's like they're in the exact same place they were when I put them there I'm like oh <laughs> I totally caught in my lie I'm like I lied. I'm so, I felt like crap. I was like, oh, I just got caught in a lie. And I lied. Oh, and it felt so horrible. And then I was like, okay, I was totally trying to manipulate him into doing something that I really can do myself. I just have to freaking man up and pick up the most straps. Or you could just ask him. <laughs> I know, right? Alternatively. Alternative. <laughs> Mike, can you please throw the, he's going to listen to the, I'm going to make him listen to this part of the podcast. And he's going to be like, she's a wise woman. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Let's get into how you take care of yourself. So will you share with us, how do you nourish yourself? Again, that's really changed in the last few years. I'm very, very, um, careful about what I put in, what I expose myself to, like in my mind, my brain. So while I I keep updated with what's going on in the news, I don't have it on. Like my mom will have the news channel on all day. <laughs> I don't want that negative stuff constantly, you know. So for me, I, in fact, I rarely have the TV on. So I'm very, um, what's the word? I'm very picky about what I'm, I'm putting into my, my brain. Um and so nourishing myself, I surround myself with love and I give myself permission to be. And again, that's just in, <laughs> you know, you could be having a really good moment until you're not. And it's the same thing with a bad moment. You could be having a bad moment until you're not. And so I nourish myself with, I, I love to write and I've, I had gotten out of it for a while. So I've gotten back into where I just have, you know, blank sheets of paper, handwriting, I light a candle and I just write. And I love that, that, that any kind of anything that's kind of bugging me inside usually comes out during that process. I love it. I have like, I, I take baths with candles and nice music, you know, like I just, I do 
and sometimes it's just sitting with a cup of tea and just being in, you know, and just, just being in the moment. So I'm really taking time away from, I used to feel like I had to respond to people like, you know, in my personal life right away, answer the phone. Now I don't, <laughs> if I'm really, if it's not a good time, it's not a good time. Like if Finley and I are having dinner, like that's, that's really a, a, a that's an important time for me. That's our conversation time. So if the phone rings, I don't answer it. And that's okay. So how did you develop the boundaries? Because I'm assuming this is not something that has been always in your life because not everybody is born with boundaries. You know, like the phone example is one where it's like, yeah, I always feel like, oh my goodness, if this person calls, if this person texts, and I'm the crappiest responder to this stuff sometimes, I have to like respond right away or take the call right away. And just realizing that, first of all, I think more of it came around after Finley came again, the wisdom or the teaching of a child. It was important to me that that family time is family time, that we have conversations and that he also learn that, you know, like he's not sitting in front of a TV when he's eating, we're having conversations and we're just enjoying our meal. So at first it used to stress me out and I would explain myself to death, you know, like, oh my God, I can't, I can't take a call, you know, because of blah, blah, blah. And then it just got to be where I'm just not answering the phone, you know, and, and that's okay. So it was really kind of, I started following again, I, I say this wisdom inside. It's just what I started looking at what feels right to me versus like in my heart and my versus in my brain, you know, cause the battle was going on and it used to be my brain one. Now my heart wins. I'm the same with the news. I absolutely love that you do that because I was catching up on a show this morning. I watched Chicago fire and then um, it just like the 11 o'clock news just kind of like turned on afterwards. Cause I was watching it on replay and I just felt like, and like just panic rise in my body because you start hearing like horrible thing after horrible thing. And I can't expose myself to that. And I had someone ask me once, like, why do you want to be ignorant to what's going on in the world? And I said, uh, because ignorance is bliss. <laughs> and like, it actually, it actually is. And I thought I was being clever. Um, but it, it's true. If I need to know what's going on into the world, I know exactly who to talk to and find, or go what sources to go to. I will find that information. But on a daily basis, I don't need to hear about the bad stuff in this world because I'm trying to create good stuff in this world. Um, so I, I, I you love just that. do it on your own terms and your own time. Like going before you go to bed at night, like that's maybe not the best time to kind of read up on what's going on in the world. Yeah, for <laughs> Sweet <sure>. dreams. Yeah. <laughs> so if you've built up any stress throughout the day, do you have any uh, evening routine habits to reduce stress? Yeah, you know, like really taking time out. Like I, I more and more, I'm, I I want to be less attached to a screen. Um, really taking time to sit and read, or just to sit. And now that the weather's getting nicer, and even in the winter, um, feeling I go for walks. You know, I love being outside. I love being in nature. That's that's something that's really important to me. Um. So yeah, just kind of embracing that time for what it is. And and sometimes it's just catching up with people and 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 sometimes it's not. Again, like if you're having kind of an overwhelming stress day, sometimes it's just really taking the time to unwind and and 
just kind of letting that letting that that moment flow by yeah I, I feel yeah it's like sometimes I want to be surrounded with people there's times where Mike and I will go out and we'll socialize and we'll come home we're like that was really nice <laughs> we get all excited we're like yay adult we friends. should do that more often yeah and then there's other times where we're like just sitting on the couch like side by side just silent because we've just like done way too much that week and we're just over processed um, yeah, so it's true. Like you just really have to listen. And sometimes that's hard. Cause you're like, is my body telling me this really? Uh, but I totally had plans to go out for dinner tonight. And then you're like, Oh, I feel so bad about canceling. But then when you just honor your, if you honor your priorities, you honor what your body does. You also give permission to others to do that as well. Cool. What piece of advice would you go back and tell your 20 year old emerging alpha female self? Really? to embrace and cultivate the relationship with yourself like and follow your inner gps and wisdom like i definitely when i was in my 20s was looking outside for the validation was looking you know like always an answer for something when like i'll be happy when this or you know and like my, you know, like you feel like if you know, your popularity, your, your importance comes from your relationships and how many friends you have and all that. And I, when I'm working with kids now, I say, when you turn away from like, when you're constantly embracing others before yourself, you're turning away from yourself. So really embracing all the beautiful, amazing things um, that each individual really has and is. So I would definitely say that it's really kind of listen to your inner GPS, your wisdom with kids. I call it your super you power and travel. And travel. <laughs> I mean, I travel, but travel, yeah. travel more. Yeah. What are some pain points or maybe just singular? What is a pain point that you're problem solving for right now in your life? I would say understanding that everybody kind of, creates their own story so that the only person that I can control like my choices and my actions are my own and really understanding that everybody else is in the same boat um everyone lives like kind of with their own goggles on like an example I give to my clients is that say I was I had two Twix bars Finley's eating a Twix bar and I'm eating a Twix bar Finley will be enjoying every morsel of that because I don't give him a lot of sugar he will think he's in heaven. I will be eating guilt because I'll be like, oh my God, you know, body shame and, and all this stuff. So it's like, it's the goggles that we're wearing is how we, we kind of show up in the world. So really being okay and not trying to control what other people do and understanding that it's okay to have your boundaries and saying no without justifying that because nobody else can control you as well. And it's so hard to um, understand um, what somebody's goggles are sometimes. If we're so absorbed in our own goggles, then when somebody else has a different perspective or experience, you're just like, huh? I don't get it. But nor do you, there's the beautiful thing is nor do you need to actually get it. Ah, okay. A beautiful part of like, there's a, a pain point would be expectation boxes. Like often... <laughs> what people do and when I'm working with couples in relationships it happens often as where but you see it with with also with business CEOs you have this box and you create this box or this expectation that this is how another person should act 
and you've come up with this list of what's acceptable and not acceptable, but the other person hasn't agreed to it, (laughs) but yet you fully hold them accountable to it. I feel like I just got a personal coaching session with you because I'm, I'm dealing with that right now where a a friend and a business partner has let me down because I had a checklist of expectations and they didn't have the same checklist. And I just wanted to hear uh, sorry when they let me down, but they're not sorry because they didn't have those expectations. And yeah. yeah. So you're kind of having an expectation hangover right now. I am now. totally in an expectation hangover. And um, it's funny because like, I know that I, you know, I worked on that so much when I was healing from calling off the wedding in 2012 and, and finding out who I was. And even now in my relationship with Mike, pain points come up all the time. And I'm like, really, I'm still, Oh, I haven't really, I haven't really learned that lesson yet. Okay. I get it. Um, and, but it's like, it's something that like, I'm, I might have to repeat something 20 times for my brain to get it. Cause I am sometimes really thick headed, but <laughs> I, I think it's amazing. Like for me, it was incredibly, it's freeing to know that you, you know what you, 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 you have this you, you have this view of how something should be and somebody else is going to have a different view. It just means it's a different view. You're like, n- neither one is better nor worse. They're just different. And that's the brilliant thing is like, okay, so there's, what is there? 7.6 billion people on this, you know, on this earth. And that's how many viewpoints there are. Cause no two people think the same. And it's just, and that's incredibly, it's empowering, but it also holds you accountable in ways. And it's like, Oh, and an exercise that I do with kids and with adults, actually, and I think we might've talked about this at lunch was if you go in, like, sometimes I'll go into a classroom with kids and I'll describe like a big monster of some sort. Usually he's a fun, loving monster. And I can guarantee you out of say a class of 25 kids that there'll be 25 different pictures because we all, like, they're all getting the same information, but how they're processing it is based on the goggles kind of that they have on. Sometimes suddenly I'll say, oh my God, that guy's got grumpy goggles on today. And I'll be like, yes, he does, you know? (laughs) But it's really just kind of understanding that and appreciating that. So, you know, it's it's like you can have a definition of how, remember we talked about the the perfect day. And the perfect day could just be waking up in the morning. Good. Perfect days to check that. That's check that one off your list and carry on. You know, like it's like we create these things. And so understanding that we're creating it and be like, huh, okay. So that is a beautiful way to observe. But now my brain is just going, okay, so we create these expectations. So we now need to just like take a step back and observe what we were doing but now my brain's like, okay, so how do I, do I walk beside this person? Do our paths cross? Do we go on opposite sides of the street? <laughs> well, is this the, the, the person where you had different business things or is it like something else? Or j- just in any in example. general. Yeah. Well, so, okay. So I guess you have a different perspective, understanding that and just being like, this often comes up in family dynamics or again in relationships really understanding that we create our own stories through our thoughts, our own perceptions of something through our thoughts. So understanding that another person is doing that at the very least, if that can just open a tiny crack of, you know, okay, compassion that they're looking at it this way based on the thinking they're having 
and you're looking at it this way based on the thinking you're having. And whatever follows from that is usually you'll know <laughs> if your wisdom is, if your stomach says, oh my goodness, run to the other side of the road, <laughs> do not walk. And it might just be walk beside them, you know? Um, and it has to be something that feels right for you. Yeah. Got it. So you observe and then you choose what is serving you and what is not and what steps you can take to lead the life that you're meant to live, not um, controlling or having others control you. Yeah, and you know, the control thing is really, a t- it's really a tough one. I feel like I could have an entire podcast episode around that. <laughs> right. You know, like, and often even times with Finley, it's just like, kind of like I, I, you know, I'm telling him to do something, but often I have to stand back and think like, we're like, what? If I'm getting upset with him, it's like, what's the thoughts I'm having right now? And, and, you know, why am I getting upset? And that's a great place to look at. Like, say something's making you feel uncomfortable. Feelings come from your thoughts. So what's the thought you're having? Mm-hmm. And how is that serving you? Yeah. And, and, and it, but how or, or, you know, does it, you don't have to analyze it. Even just looking at it, there's massive information in the feeling. You just look back at the thought and be like, oh, you know, it could be I had grumpy goggles on. It could be. You know, the story about the spilt milk with Finley that I was, you know, telling the class, it could be, you know, for him, he just spilt milk. But in in my mind, I was trying to get my mom dinner, get Finley dinner, get, you know, all these things. So in my head, I had so much going on that when he spilt the milk, my reaction wasn't to the spilt milk. My reaction was to the story that I had going on in my head at the time. And this is where you apologize to him afterwards. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and you're like, I just did that. I, I had a mom moment. I call them thought bombs now. I was like, oh man, I had a thought bomb. That just exploded wrong. <laughs> yeah. Amazing. I have loved chatting with you. You have such a calm way about you and I love what you're doing in the world. Will you leave our listeners with an answer to my favorite question? And yet again, it's a definition, but you get to write it. Um, but what is your... What is your view on happiness? <laughs> well, I think I actually, I sent you a quote because I was just like, I did. Yeah. I, this really sums it up well for me. And it's exactly, it's what I do. It's, 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 it's my work, but it's also how I live my life. Like happiness cannot be traveled to, owned, earned, worn, or consumed. Happiness is a spiritual experience of living every minute with love, grace, and gratitude. I just, to me, that, that says it all. And the other part of happiness for me is this is a great when you dance with the universe, life is happening, right? Let it lead. So just, you know, like we don't wake up in the morning and, and press a button to make our heart beat or our blood flow. It just happens. Like life happens. And if we learn to kind of dance with it, that go with the flow, life just becomes so much it's really easy and there's a grace and an ease to it. So I love that. Say, Yeah. Both the quotes are being shared in your show notes. So that is amazing for people to be able to look back on it. So thank you for sending that through. Thank you so much for your time today on the show. I truly, truly appreciate you. Totally. Me too. I really enjoyed the chat. For the listeners of the Alpha Female Podcast, Audible is now offering a free audiobook download with a free 30-day trial so you can check out their service. There's some amazing books like You Are a Badass by Jen Sincero or The Power of Now by Eckhart Tolle. To download your free audiobook today, go to audibletrial.com forward slash alpha. 
Again, that's audibletrial.com forward slash alpha for your free audiobook. Thank you for listening to the Alpha Female Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe to the show. And I would love you to eternity and back if you would be so kind to open your podcast app of choice. Go do it now before changing to the next episode. And just leave me a rating and review. It'll help other alpha females find this podcast and join in on the conversations. You can find more of me at robinbaldwin.com and join us next week for another inspiring chat. Have a spectacular day.